Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is the 38th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Today, we are going to talk about new social anxiety in teens, apps, selfies, and smartphones, and what parents can do about it. A week and a half ago, I gave two presentations at the National Adolescent and Young Adult Conference for clinicians in Las Vegas. This is one of the premier conferences for adolescents. I not only love presenting, but I got to know some other really amazing clinicians or thought leaders. One of the issues that many of us agreed on is the rise of anxiety and loneliness in teens is directly related to how much teens are online. There is something inherent about the world of apps, smartphones, and selfies that specifically triggers anxiety in teens. Anxiety in teenage girls is on the rise. One of three teenage girls will experience significant anxiety. But before we dive into the new social anxiety in teens and what parents can do about it, I want to share something I'm really excited about. Every time I speak, I have moms come up to me and they want to get an audio version of my book. And I get it. Most moms don't have a lot of time to sit down and read, and I had to sadly say, I'm so sorry, I don't. And though I had been consistently asking my publisher to make Dow Down the Drama in an audio format, well, I am very happy that HarperCollins, as of May 1st, has an audible version of Dow Down the Drama. Yes, so if you're wondering what book should I listen to next on Audible, I have this great idea for you. You can download my best-selling, award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can listen to it in the carpool lane or on that much-needed walk around your neighborhood. All right, so now let's talk about the new social anxiety in teens, apps, selfies, and smartphones, and what parents can do about it. First, I want to say I love my smartphone. I especially love Waze, and I definitely need that getting around Houston. I'm active on social media. I watch Netflix. I love my computer. I love how connected I feel. I love the convenience of it, the wealth of information and music at my fingertips. And I wouldn't want to go back to the dumb phones or the phones with a telephone cord. Yet, there are challenges for adults with that instant access to the world at all times. And it's extremely harder on our teens because of their brain development. I couldn't believe this, but the average American touches a phone 2,617 times a day. Here's a problem. Our culture today, we don't unplug. This inability to unplug creates anxiety. Your work invades your home. And this inability to unplug creates distance from those we love because we're on our phones and not paying attention to our loved one who's 
sitting right next to us. When I speak to moms, I tell them that I think this is one of the most challenging times to raise a teen, and a huge reason it's hard is navigating through the treacherous waters of cell phones, social media, and internet and teenagers. And most parents are blindsided with all things digital because we didn't go through this when we were teens. It feels like the iPhone has been around forever, but actually... It was released in 2007, so your moms didn't have to deal with this when they were parenting you. Many parents believe their teens are too attached to their phones, maybe even addicted. In a surprise finding, a new report from the Pew Research Center shows that even teens think they have a problem. According to the study, 60% of teens, those between the ages of 13 to 17, say that spending too much time online is a major problem facing their age group, with about 9 in 10 teens dubbing it a problem. More than half of teens, 54%, say they spend too much time on their cell phones, and 41% say they overdo it on social media. According to Common Sense Media, teens spend an average of nine hours a day online. An older study in 2015 said teens spent about six hours a day online. So you can see these hours are going up. But any way you cut it, it's a lot of time staring at a screen. Another study was done with eighth graders. They found that those teens who spent 10 plus hours a week on social media were 56% more likely to be unhappy than those who were not. The opposite is true. The more the teen is engaged in the real world, having face-to-face time and activities with friends, they were more likely to be happy. All right, we're going to talk about the four big problems with phones, social media, and internet and teens. One, the addictive nature of all things online. It's easy to become too attached, hooked, obsessed, and even addicted. Like I said, it's hard for adults. I have gotten hooked on a Netflix series and stayed up way too late on several occasions, and I'm sure you have too. I've reached for my phone unconsciously to check my social media way too many times, and I'm sure you have too. The brain likes a closed loop. Netflix or any other kind of online series gets you hooked because it's an open loop, because they leave you hanging. There's a cliffhanger. What's going to happen next? A movie most of the time is a closed loop, and the story has resolved at the end of the movie. However you post something online, it's an open loop. Texting is an open loop. You're waiting for the like, the comment, or the response so you can get resolution, and your brain rewards you for checking again and again, and you get this little dopamine hit every time someone gives you a like, and it gives you this little lift, and that feels good. Having something unresolved doesn't feel good, so we keep checking or watching to get resolution. And if it's hard for adults, multiply that times 10 for our teens. See, and you see this daily with your teens. What happens when you try to talk to your son in the middle of his gaming? Or your daughter in the middle of one of her shows? Or when they are in the middle of texting their friends? 
It does not go well. They blow up at you. If you try to take the phone or laptop away, it's a drama explosion. They are over-the-top panicky angry and will try to grab that phone or wrestle it away from you. Here's the big problem with the addictive side of all things online. It overstimulates the nervous system. It increases cortisol release, and constant cortisol release has been identified as the ultimate driver of depressive illness. Another big problem is that it throws the rest of the teen's life out of balance. Teens are less active physically. I was talking to one teen about his brother, and he said all he does is play video games. A few years ago, he spent all his time in sports, but he quit so he could play his video games. Teens are struggling with insomnia and not spending as much time outdoors. Today, we spend 93% of our time inside. This is not good. Sunlight boosts serotonin, prevents seasonal affective disorder, regulates the body's internal clock and sleep patterns. Another big problem with teens spending more and more time online is loneliness. 2. Loneliness One mom told me about her daughter, Skye, who was a freshman in high school. She has a sister a year younger and a year older. Skye just wants to watch her shows on Netflix. As soon as she comes home from school on Friday, she puts her pajamas on and goes into her dark room and starts watching shows. She would do this all weekend long if her mom and dad didn't make her participate with the family. When the mom or dad would try to take the computer away, the girl would have a major meltdown and would be outright mean to her mom and try to wrestle to get her laptop back. Netflix has become her substitute for friends, and it's not a very good one. There's a new epidemic with teens, and that is loneliness. Teens' preferred communication is texting over real, live, face-to-face conversations, and this is a problem. If all you are doing is texting or communicating on Snapchat or Instagram, you are going to feel lonely. Lonely means that no one really knows you or gets you or feels you. Harvard Medical School says that loneliness is a very real and little discussed social epidemic with frightening consequences. More and more teens are choosing cyberspace because they're busy and it's easier and there's less risk. But communicating solely through technology robs us of the neurological effects of in-person interactions. And these are crucial years where teens need face-to-face communication for their brain development and wiring. So they are able to read social cues, practice empathy, and in-depth conversations. And mom, you know firsthand how the cell phone disrupts your home life and your relationships with your teens. Even though your teen is physically home, it's like they're not at home because their attention is constantly being pulled elsewhere. And even when friends come over, if they have their phones, they just sit in the room, not communicating, but looking down at their phones. Without face-to-face communication, our teens are going to feel lonely, isolated, and more vulnerable to social comparison. So number three, social comparison. In the 80s, when I was an area director for Young Life, I would take teens backpacking in the wilderness. I wouldn't be leading them or we would still be wandering around in that wilderness, but we had trained guides. 
I wasn't too thrilled about not showering for a week or surviving on two pairs of underwear, but what happened with the kids made it all worth it. As the makeup faded and the hair got dirtier and dirtier, the walls came down and these kids became free. They didn't have to be cool. There was no positioning about being popular. We worked together, and their wonderful personalities surfaced. And I've never laughed as much as I did on these trips. And the bonding and connections that we made on those, those one-week trips have lasted decades. Now contrast this with what you post on social media. You have to post the perfect picture. So you will take 50 pictures to get that one good picture. And then when you're looking at Instagram or Snapchat, all you see are perfect looking people. And so you think that everybody is perfect. You buy that perfect story. You compare yourself to these perfect looking teens that look so happy, have all these great friends and are always having fun. So let's talk about selfies. Teenage girls live in the selfie generation. It's what teen girls do. And so what's up with all these selfies? Parents can be baffled by the frequency of their daughter's selfies. When we were teens, we also loved getting our pictures taken, but it wasn't all the time. It was for special occasions. Today, teens document their day by taking countless selfies in the most trivial situations. And why is that? Does this mean that our teenage girls are narcissistic and have inflated egos? But before answering that question, we need to see the bigger picture and look at the culture in which we live in. With the rise of smartphones, most teens have a camera on them at all times. Combine this with all the social media outlets, a teenage girl needs to belong. And peer pressure, you have the selfie generations. Selfies are more like a question than a statement. When a girl posts a picture on Instagram or Snapchat, good chance she's not thinking, I am hot, I'm gorgeous, I'm rocking this photo. No, she's asking herself these questions. What will my friends think? Do I look good in this picture? Do I look hot? Am I beautiful? Does my hair and clothes look okay? Will he like me? Is my butt too big? Will they think this is funny? Will they think I'm too fat? Will they think I'm too skinny? And what's the big question underneath all these questions? Is am I worthy of love and belonging? And where do they get the answers to these questions? By how many likes and positive comments they get after they post their selfie. And you and I know that social media can't answer the big questions for our teenage girls. So it's a huge setup. Because these girls are relying on the responses from other unpredictable and insecure teens to validate their self-esteem, this leads to ambiguity and uncertainty, which raises anxiety. You post a selfie and you have no assurance what will happen. Once girls post their selfie, they feel really vulnerable. They don't want to be judged by their friends. Often girls feel they are in a no-win situation. They could be judged either way. They could be judged if they post a selfie or if they don't. Instead of feeling comforted, teen girls are left with more questions after they post their selfie. What if I don't get any likes or I get less likes than my friends? What if people make fun of my picture? What if they post something mean? This can be an unending cycle. 
Your daughter feels anxious about how she looks and how she's liked, which keeps her posting selfies to get external validation. Trying to get validation through social media will always be shaky ground. The truth is that selfies make girls more self-conscious on how others view them. Often there are negative comments and sometimes cyberbullying. This increased self-awareness tends to lower self-esteem because you are negatively comparing yourself to others. And then there are the pictures and videos that teens didn't want to be posted that are posted that bring humiliation and shame. When there is a lack of positive feedback, a teenage girl's self-esteem takes a nosedive. Bethany is a junior in high school. She liked a boy that she met on Snapchat that went to a high school nearby that many of her friends knew. She started communicating to him through Snapchat, and she was obsessed with him for the whole fall semester, and her grades took a nosedive. She was in chronic stress. Should I post something? And when she did, did he respond? Why isn't he responding? Why hasn't he responded now? She's constantly checking her Snapchat, comparing herself to the other girls he was communicating with. Why did he send something to her friend and not me, obsessing about what he was doing? She thought she really liked him, and she didn't know what to do. This Snapchat infatuation greatly interfered with her life. She had major anxiety, a crisis of self-esteem, stopped hanging around with her friends, had dropped out of many activities that she liked, and she couldn't focus on school. These virtual relationships have no bearing in reality. And there's so much more to say about all of this, um, and that's probably another podcast. All right, so number four, FOMO, the fear of missing out. When I was a teen, there were no smartphones. We only had landlines. This meant that if I was going to talk to my boyfriend, I had to stretch the telephone cord as far as I could to get some privacy. And yet, my mom still heard my conversations. Like all teens, I didn't want to miss out on any big social event. I had my group of friends, but there were plenty of times I had this vague sense that I was being left out, but I actually never really knew if I did. There was no hard data. But in the digital world we live in, There is hard data. It's a whole new story. I see many teenage girls in my private practice who have real-life hard data that they are being excluded from their friends and peer group. And I really feel for this generation of teens. Brittany is home on a Friday night and in real time watches all her friends at Riley's sleepover that she was not invited to take group selfies on Instagram and Snapchat throughout the night. What Brittany sees is a glorified version of the sleepover. It appears from the pictures that all the girls are besties. They are having the time of their life without her. The problem with social media is that you don't see the real stuff. Good chance the sleepover was not pure bliss. Some girls may be bored There may be some cat fights. Others may feel rejected or left out. Though the girls may be in the same room, many are on their phones looking at Snapchat. Jen sees a picture of another party where her real friends are and a guy she likes. Jen feels a sinking feeling. She wants to be at that party now. 
And even though Jen has been invited to the sleepover, she feels like she's missing out. FOMO impacts your home life. Your teen is walking around the house with her iPhone wishing she was out with her friends. It's especially infuriating when you invest a lot of money to take your family on a ski trip to the beautiful Colorado Rockies over spring break, and your daughter or son doesn't appreciate it because they get on their phone, see that their friends are at a pool party back home, and says, when are we going home? I'm so bored. I'm missing out on so much. Because of the rise of social media, FOMO, the fear of missing out, is a real thing for teens. And what is FOMO? Well, the Urban Dictionary defines it as pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences from which one is absent. Many researchers have connected the rise of anxiety in teenage girls with social media. The fear of missing out is one of the reasons. The higher the FOMO, the more likely the teen is going to be unhappy and dissatisfied with their life, and most likely to use social media. And why is FOMO such a big deal? One of our daughter's core needs is belonging. FOMO threatens that. It's the fear of social exclusion. And don't get me started about SnapMap. I'll never forget the first time one of my teens showed me SnapMap. This is where your son or daughter can see in real time where everyone is and who is hanging out with whom through these avatars. SnapMap alone greatly increases that sense of being alone. And it just pours gasoline to the FOMO fire. Haley has three best friends, and she told me that she texted each of them and they wouldn't get back to her. She even called them and they didn't get back to her. Then she got on SnapMap and saw that they were all together at a restaurant in the fun part of town. Wow, that is so painful. SnapMap is not the fear of missing out. It's actually the evidence that you are missing out. We can't eliminate social media. Your daughter needs it to survive in her teenage culture. And yes, and there are many benefits, but we need to help our daughters navigate through FOMO. So what can moms do about this kind of addictive nature of all things online, the loneliness, the social comparison, the selfies, the FOMO, or the evidence that they're really being left out? Well, the good news, moms, is there's a lot you can do about it. And I'm going to give you 12 practical things that you can do. So one is you want to help facilitate your teen having more face-to-face time with her friends. This is where you want to really invest your time. Volunteer to take your son or daughter over to a friend's house or have them over to your house. You know, take a group of kids um, over to a shopping center or a restaurant or movies or to play sports. And when she has friends over, especially if there's a sleepover, you can have a basket where you collect everyone's cell phones and then you can give them back when they leave. I can tell you nothing good happens when five teenage girls or more are up late at night with their cell phones. Two, Get your teen involved with sports, dance groups, band, theater, youth groups, a church, clubs, organizations, and make sure she belongs to a group of friends. 
in Dial Down the Drama, I talk about 10 ways to use it or lose it in regards to the brain development in teens. There is a window of opportunity for optimum brain growth in teens. And um, I'll probably go into more of this in my next podcast. But one of those is number three is mastering a skill is one way to use it and not lose it which means developing brain cells instead of losing brain cells. So you want to master a skill. So you want to invest money and time in their gifts and abilities. You want to help your teen master an interest or a talent. Sign up for dance camps or sports camps or band camps or voice lessons. Or you want to encourage real-life experiences in contrast to virtual experiences. You want your teens going to a live concert to attend a play or a musical to watch sports live or do service projects or go on a missions trip. Five, be clear about your rules and boundaries around social media. You be a model for your teen. If you or your partner are always on the phone, then your teens will follow your example. Have social media breaks throughout the day. Uh, Maybe you, mom, can put your cell phone in the basket when your teen is taking a break. The reason I'm talking about taking a break versus completely eliminating social media is that in this culture, uh, teens will suffer big consequences with their friends if they're never on social media. But parents can help kids not become addicted to social media. Teens need you to monitor them. Your teen needs your support in monitoring cell phones and gaming and internet use. They really can't do it on their own because of where they are in their brain development, especially those reward centers in the brain because they get this dopamine hit. It's too hard to say no. If you compare the teenage brain to a car, that that teenage brain gets the accelerator first and it works really well, but it has faulty brakes. And so because the teens have faulty brakes, mom, you and your partner and dad, you need to be the brakes. Okay, so six, you want to work on your home environment. Make it teen-friendly and fun. And take your teens on positive adventures, especially those that gets them outside. So seven, okay, so in regards to that social comparison... You want to start at home, make your home a safe haven where your daughter or your son can experience unconditional love and belonging. You want to be a consistent encourager. Eight, listen, listen, listen. See um, if she or he will open up about the pressure they feel from social media. Help her have a bird's eye view of social media. In other words, help her develop a critical awareness and expose that that perfect story where everyone is so happy and they all have it together is actually not true. All right, nine. Help your teen come up with a realistic story. Your daughter looks at Instagram and creates a story in her head. They're having so much fun. They don't care about me, or I'm going to lose my best friend, or I'm just a complete loser. Her story tends to be all or nothing. That's because it's driven by anxiety. You can speak into her story and help her come up with a more realistic story. If she misses one social outing, it really is not the end of her social life. 
though that's what it feels like to her. You can help her remember in the past when she was at a sleepover with the same girls. And ask her how much fun was that party on a scale of 1 to 10. Did everyone get along? Were there times that she was bored? Does she ever want to be friends with that group of girls? You can remind your daughter that Kelly has been her best friend for years and that one party won't change that. You could suggest that she invite Kelly over the next weekend. 10. Tell your son or daughter you know how they can be really, really happy. Happiness is all about attention, and if you focus on the good, you will feel good. One huge problem with social media is that your attention is splattered and you are constantly distracted. When you are continually on social media, you are not present. Your attention is on what you're not doing. You're not focused on your life, but on someone else's life. You have become a spectator and not a participant. If your teen wants to be happy, they need to be present and focused in real-life experiences. And that's actual face-to-face time with friends, engaged in creativity, where they can get in the flow. If that's drawing, singing, dancing, they need to get outside and move their bodies and run, swim, water ski, skateboard, and not one of those that has a little motor. Um, they want to be. You want them to be present, listen to the seagulls and the waves without their phone. You want them to be in the here and now. Or even have downtime at home where they're just hanging out and playing with the dog or cat. 11. Remind her or him about gratitude. See, FOMO is focusing on what you do not have while really missing out on what you do have. This is why it's important to teach your teen the practice of gratitude. Your teen will naturally go to the negative and what he or she is missing. Help them turn their focus to all the blessings that they do have. Have her quantify her time with friends, that she actually saw two of her friends last weekend and actually went out with someone last night. She needs to contextualize and count her blessings. During dinner, have each person say three things that they're thankful for. You and your daughter can start a gratitude journal where you can share three things with each other every day. 12. Turn FOMO around to drive action. So they're missing out. You can use that. They want to be significant, and you can use that. You can ask them, what do you want to achieve? Who do you want to be friends with? Who do you want to invite over the house? What do you want to do with them? What's fun for you? These questions help your teen move from being an observer to being an active participant in shaping their life. Hey, everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere, and you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. I always have a helpful article for you. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, 
You can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady, Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.